This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week I talked to my friend Charles of Bone Jack Designs out of Fargo, North Dakota. First encountered Charles and his awesomely unique hockey art on Instagram. I've been lucky enough to have him put his artistic touch on some of my Instagram posts as well. Have a listen to hear how this Canadian turned North Dakotan got his start in hockey and how his art has evolved. Charles, uh, thanks for joining yep. me on the podcast. It's it's good to uh, talk to you again. Yeah, you too, Joe. Uh, thanks for the uh, invite. Yeah, it, it was one of those where when I started it, I knew at some point I was going to have you on. Um, I'm surprised it took me this long, though. So, we've <laughs> uh, had a lot of great uh, guests here, so I, I I don't mind waiting in line. Yeah, it, it's been fun talking to uh, some of the goalies. Uh, some that I, I've had connections with in the past, you know, reconnecting with them, others uh, getting a chance to talk to them for the first time. It, I, I say it uh, often, but it feels like after each one, I've, I've made a new friend and it feels like we were just uh, talking in the locker room. Okay. Yeah. It's, it sounds that way when I listen to the, uh, the podcast, it definitely has that feel. So it's easier to listen to, I think, than uh, some of the sort of staged interviews and stuff. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was going for, too. And um, I, I've noticed with some folks where I've heard them on other ones where they, they feel very um, uh, canned responses and everything. But uh, for whatever reason, I, I was lucky enough to, to break through the personality with them and uh, get, get a little something else out of them. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, for those listening that don't know who you are, I mean, you on social media, Bone Jack Designs. And you have these incredible goalie draw, not just goalie, but mostly goalie drawings. Uh, you do some other um, uh, apparel and vintage, I, I would say, what is it? Uh, uh, Art Deco, modern, you know, houses. When, when you think 1970s California, you, you do some of those drawings. And, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I found you because of the drawings on Instagram and uh so, some messages back and forth that I would say, you know, we sparked a, a bit of a long distance friendship, <laughs> pen pal kind sure. of uh, friendship there. And um, 
uh, here we are. So before we get into the art, how, how did you get started in hockey? Because for those that don't know, you, you're based in Fargo, North Dakota. So winter hockey, that, that, that's a normal thing up there. So, but how, yeah. how, how did you get started in the game? Oh, uh, well, I got, first I got to apologize. I don't know if anybody can hear, but I've got uh, two growling cats or three <laughs> growling cats here uh, at my feet. So if you hear some hissing, that's what that is. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm originally from uh, Calgary. So that's where I started playing. Um, I lived there until I was about 10, started playing when I was about five. Uh, and then we moved to uh, Dickinson, North Dakota, which is uh, far western end of the state, so about 300 miles west of Fargo. And that's where I played my youth hockey up through high school. Yeah, and, and they had a what was the very, reason for the move? Uh, my dad's actually from your neck of the woods, uh, Chicago land there. He's from Hammond, okay, Indiana. So uh, he wanted to be closer to his parents at the time. <laughs> Uh, my mom's Canadian, so we moved, kind of split the difference, basically. Yep. But my dad was a newspaper editor, so he worked for the paper in Dickinson for a while. Um, cool. So hockey-wise, it was a pretty tough move because Dickinson was just building their first indoor rink. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a very a program that I think was probably started in the 70s, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and it was mainly coached a lot of canadian college kids who went to the university there were coaches so that was a little hard move um hockey wise uh and then i played there i played up through high school and uh at that time dickinson had just as i was going into high school had just gotten their first varsity program in north dakota um so I don't know if anyone knows anything about North Dakota hockey as opposed to Minnesota hockey, but I'd say North Dakota is, is a little bit, or at least when I played, they were a little bit behind Minnesota hockey for high school. So um, everybody in the Western half of the state was a little bit less, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, a little bit, their programs are a little bit newer mm -hmm. than the Eastern part, than Fargo, than Grand Forks. So, um, I played high school hockey there. And then uh, after that, I played uh, at a tiny college in uh, northern North Dakota. At the time, it was called Minot State University, Botno. So I don't That's know if anybody. Hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I think they just call it Dakota College, but it was uh, junior college hockey. So I played two years of that. Um, and then came to uh, Fargo for the rest of my college and that's how I ended up kind of staying here but now it, it seems to be a recurring um, theme with a lot of the goalies I've talked to where somewhere after that competitive um, journey ended there was a time off from playing was that true for you as well uh, yeah um, I finished my two years at, at Botno uh, I, I probably didn't have the best experience myself, uh, just because of where I was at in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think I just kind of wanted to be done with hockey for a while. So I, I didn't even put skates on for probably six, seven years. And then I came back and I played, uh, 
a, about a year and a half of beer league and uh, pretty much got, got scored on a lot <laughs> and didn't have a whole lot of fun. So I, I kind of took sort of a second hiatus after that for about another six, seven years. And then I just got back into it uh, about maybe, I think it was February of 29, no, February of 2018. What brought you back that first time? Uh, I I think I just had some buddies who played and they needed a goalie. So I thought, okay, well, I've still got my pads. I'll go back and play. And it it was time. You've got pads. We're putting you in the net. (laughs) Right. Right. Which is, is a good thing now. I, I appreciate that. Um, and I did have fun, but I just thought, you know, losing 11 to one all the time wasn't, wasn't as much fun as I could be having. So um, I just put it back away for a while, but sooner or later, your parents drag your equipment bag out of their uh, basement that's been in there for, you know, most of the last 20 years and say, we can't keep this anymore. Yep. And so you feel like you got to, you dig that stuff out again and, and you kind of, get those memories back and you you slowly start to uh decide you want to get back out there yeah so you you start playing at a young age uh as most good canadians do what attracted (laughs) you to the position of goalie uh the equipment definitely (laughs) the equipment i can remember being uh this is going way back but uh in 85 86 the flames had their first kind of run to the cup Mm-hmm. And I can remember they were playing St. Louis in the conference finals. And I had this plastic goalie, or it wasn't even a goalie stick. It was like a plastic stick and a piece of Lego. And I can remember watching that and I would watch the game and I would take the piece of Lego and kind of like backhand it into myself and make a save. <laughs> That's probably my earliest re- you know, remembrance of, of being a goalie is that. It was kind of um, like that Steve Carell uh, goalie training video I recreated. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. It just probably looked uh, looked a lot uh, less funny, but similar. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're back playing. Um, what brought you back the second time? Was it just mom and dad clearing out the you know the equipment, saying do something with this, and you thought, well, let, let me throw it on, or was there something else that kind of got you back on the ice um well yeah i mean part of it was that um i've got nieces and nephews that play Mm -hmm. so i'd go watch their games and you kind of feel like oh you know maybe i'd like at some point to get back on the ice but um i think my girlfriend and i went to uh i was just played against sports or someplace and we were looking at masks and i just thought hey i need a new mask i'll just buy a mask So so i bought a mask I, obviously not a very expensive one a lower lower level one mm-hmm. and i thought okay well i bought this I, i've got to use it now so um i just they have pickup games here kind of constantly which i had no idea was really going on um and i just started going to those pickup games and playing again so that's awesome uh so how how often are you skating on average these days Well, with COVID, I actually haven't played since uh, it was probably late February of 2020. Oh, man. Uh, But prior to that, I was playing two or three, sometimes four times a week, which got, to be honestly, too much. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, you you know how it is. If people need a goalie, they call you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's hard to say no sometimes. So 
Um, yep. Especially when it's free, you know, yeah. if all you have to pay for is gas to get there, then it's hard, even more difficult to say no. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. Sometimes I really want to play what I have kids activities. I got to go to, and I'm like, I want to help you guys out, but I, I can't. I'm like, we, we get it. Kids first is like, yeah, but sometimes dad has to come first. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how like you with kids and anybody with kids does it. We've got three cats. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard doing that with three cats. So yeah, it's gotta be really tough with kids. Well, that's where, you know, my, my regular league, we, we skate on Sunday nights. So that, that works out nice because it's usually around, you know, after dinner that we skate and the, the kids are self-sufficient these days. I mean, they're teenagers, but uh, sure. <laughs> that, that helps. But I know it's very rare on a Sunday evening, they have something going on. Um, but then there's the other ones where it's like, I, I want to, but we have baseball where we have Boy Scouts or, you know, this or that. Yep. And, and they're like, all right, we, we get it. We, we don't condone it, but we get it. <laughs> right. I always want I, those Sunday night skates. I, I, I like, but I wish that there could be an adult league or something that would play at like nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. Yeah. Like for me, that would be optimal because I could get up, I could go play. And then if I got other stuff I've got to do, I could do it after that. Mm -hmm. And then it's the beginning of the weekend. So yeah. the beginning of the weekend, you're like that. You're the most energized, right? So yep. I feel like I play really well during that. But yeah, that, that's when my high school JV games were Saturday mornings. And you're, you're oh, really, you wake up, you're energized, you're ready to go. Um, yeah, it, it was, it, it just sucked when you had that 7 a.m. game to, <laughs> to start it off. Because then you're at the rink at six, you got to get up earlier. But uh, other than that, I, I enjoyed those Saturday morning games. Yes, uh, seven a.m. is a little. <laughs> yeah, it's a little early. <laughs> yeah, you, you circled those ones on the calendar like, oh, this is not going to be fun. But hey, it is what no. it is. Yeah, right. our, our JV league was different in that we didn't play the games right before varsity games, which you see a lot. Okay. Of times. Um, but the the league held almost all the games out of the, the one rink on Saturday morning. So you know, okay, after our game, you'd have two more conference rivals going right after you so okay that was kind of fun too um yeah that's pretty unique yeah usually you see it like you said where most where they play the jv before the varsity game yep yeah and i i, I don't know if that's changed uh back in the chicagoland area or not um but that that's how it was when i was a kid back in the 1900s <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah uh, my son thinks I'm so old that uh, McDonald's wasn't around when I was a kid. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not that old. There, there was color TV when I was a kid. Right. There's <laughs> even cable. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you, you were worried about your, your cats in the background. Now I hear my dogs in the background going. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I touched on it earlier. You've got some awesome artwork. Um, Thank you. With just this really unique... Um, style to it that you don't see much where it's a really stylized sketch and what, what I like having gotten to know you is you know you're not like my daughter who sketches things out with pencil and refines it you do your sketch with ink and that's that there there are no mistakes all happy accidents um how, how right. did you get into drawing and kind of discover that style
Are you there, bud? I can't hear you. Oh, I think I'm oh. losing a little, there, Joe. There you are. I hear you now. Oh, I can hear background. Can you hear me, bud? There we go. Okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah. So it, uh, it might be, I'm in my basement, so it could be my end here. Oh, yep. That, that could be. Uh, so I was asking, you know, how did you discover you had this talent for drawing and then how did you develop that really cool style of yours? Well, I just, I, I drew as a kid. So, I mean, as probably most, it seems like a lot of goalies do anyway, they draw goalies as kids. Mm -hmm. So I, I did that. And then, um, I just uh, I started drawing again just for really stress relief uh, from my day job and uh, honestly it's it's probably just because uh, one I, I I'm too lazy to erase anything so <laughs> I, I don't really like doing stuff in pencil and then your hand gets all kind of gross and dirty and your the rest of your page gets all dirty mm -hmm. um, and I, I had these sharpie pens so I just started drawing in sharpie pen and I thought well you make a mistake, you can kind of work with it to, to fix it. And, uh, and that's where I started doing, you know, just the pen and marker. Um, mm -hmm. Because also I found when I would, if I did pencil underneath, then sometimes you'd see the pencil coming through and it, it just didn't look as, uh, didn't jump out quite as much. And yeah, um, just trial and error, you know, uh, paper is relatively cheap. Uh, so I don't really mind if I take a sketchbook and use half of it or something and I'll only come out with half half of the pages looking good and have the rest being mistakes but um just a, a lot of drawing I, I guess I had a lot of time on my hands <laughs> yeah you know and what was fun is uh when quarantine started you'd sent a few of just the line drawings for me to put up on my blog and uh, yeah we, we printed them up at my house and me and the kids started coloring them in and it was fun because my daughter who is quite artistic um you know she doesn't know the team colors or anything so it's fun to see yeah. her take on on these different ones and uh at the same time it was awesome that uh you did that for folks in fact if i looked at my uh, web analytics I, I could tell you quite a few people have downloaded those different drawings uh over the last oh, year uh, yeah thanks for doing that uh uh, a, your daughter has a really good uh, eye too. Like I, I remember some of the ones that she colored with yep. the different team colors. And that that's something that's really cool where, especially if you can take, you know, like let's say you're a Blackhawks fan and you have this preconceived notion in your head that everything has to be red and black and white, but you take the Blackhawks logo or uniform or goalie or whatever mm -hmm. and make it pink and blue and orange. And uh, it just kind of changes the way you look at it and, uh, I love that really vibrant, bright color uh, too. So yeah, she, she's really fantastic. I like the, uh, what she did with those. Yeah, it, it was fun. And I, I think on one of them, she even incorporated pink, which was kind of fun too. Yeah, um, I remember that one. Yeah. I was like, all right, Hey, that, that, that's cool. Cause you know, when I did it, I was following the, uh, the, the styles that they should be. And she was just like, Nope, throwing it all out the window. Um, right. but I, I'm going to guess that was your idea for the, the coloring book you put together of nineties goalies, which I'm, I'm holding it here. Uh, and, uh, again, some awesome goalies in there and I ordered it. Um, I, I'm the kind of guy yeah, where it's you. like, you know, I, I want to color all these goalies. 
uh, but I, I don't want to color them once. I want to color them multiple times. So I'm not going to lie. I did, <laughs> I did scan them in so that I can print them off and uh, oh, cool. make uh, multiple renderings right. of them. I, I just haven't sat down and done coloring in a while. That's my problem. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was hard nice. to find time. Yeah. When, when it came, I, I showed it to my daughter and she got excited. So um, oh, good. I, she's waiting for me to get some more printer paper so that I can print some up for her. So that okay. she, can do, she can do some coloring. Um, but aside from that, I, I have to say that there was uh, one morning, I think it was, or even an evening where I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed and all of a sudden I saw this picture that looked an awful lot like the one I had taken the night before when I was uh, skating at the super rink. I just took a picture of my equipment, you know, with a caption of like, you know, back at it or something like that. And you just you took that picture of my equipment in the stall and turned turned it into your unique style and it, it was awesome it's like wow this is really cool and I, I think that's really when we started um really conversing back and forth what was it uh, that just had you like hey i, I like that i need to drive uh it, it's it's just the gear you know i mean i like especially the, the 90s gear yeah uh, that that's probably the most interesting to me but uh, I, there's a great picture that you had. It was kind of a really cool scene set up with your, you know, your locker there and, uh, uh, your pads sitting out. And I think there's a, a part of a beer box yep. <laughs> on the lower left-hand corner. And, and, uh, I think in the background, it was, um, that kind of, hey but cinder block I, uh, construction there with was painted picture yep yeah it, it was um Definitely cool. And I just got to say, you're breaking up a little bit. So if I'm talking over you at the moment, I apologize. Um, but th that wasn't the only time I've, I've logged in and seen uh, some familiar pictures, you know, is, is I've got the one here that you, you sent me where I, I'm stacking the pads, you know, that, that was a fun one to open up the Instagram feed and see. But then there was the other one where it was from the Soda Stick Classic where I I, I did a stack the pads, but it was rolling over. But as one of my teammates says, I look like an ups, an equal sign uh, because my my legs are almost in a full split. My arms are going out, um, you know, so I, I've, I'm going to say I've been fortunate enough to have you uh, turn me into art a couple of times. Um, you know, so I, I think it's cool that you get your inspiration from, you know, what you see on Instagram and whatnot, because I've seen other other drawings you've done of guys like Kane Van Gate, um, uh, the the goal net uh, fella. I know you, you did one of his. Um, you know, what is it that catches your eye when, when you're going through and you're like, you know what, I need to turn that into a drawing?
Hey, but I don't know if you can hear me, but it looks like you've got yourself on mute. There we go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I must have. Uh, I, I'd come up. I'd come upstairs because the. I think it was my basement that was doing that oh, connection yeah. issue. So, uh, I think I accidentally hit the mute. Yeah, um, I've done that. Sorry, sorry about that. But um, I, I heard the the question about, um, you know, what what kind of draws me to the the different pictures and um, the the stacking of the pads. I uh, I love that because I that's something. <laughs> that I like to do all the time. So, yep. um, you know, that's just always interesting to draw. It's a different pose. You don't see it as much anymore. Yeah. Um, that one with the, the one that you said looks like you with the equal sign. I mean, that's just great. Cause it's just sort of a desperation, uh, kind of look. And you, you sort of get into this thing where you see a lot of goalies, especially now because, uh, the position itself, it seems like, um, you get guys are different, but the style that they use is much more similar than maybe it used to be. Mm -hmm. And so you'd see a lot of the same sort of poses. Um, and I just like anything that's different. Sometimes it's the pads are different. Sometimes it's the colors are different. Um, but it's, uh, it helps when, when something grabs you and makes you want to draw it rather than if somebody gives you a picture and says, draw this Yeah, because you're not choosing it. It may not necessarily come out the same way as something that you that grabs you and says draw me i guess but let's not shortchange you because you do do commissions and if somebody sends you a picture you will draw them that is true <laughs> that is true i i will draw whatever you want me to draw um but it helps if it's something that i yeah that i, I personally myself like so yeah no i totally get that um you know and i I think there's a bit of a recurring theme too. When we start to look at, you know, some of the goalies you've drawn, you know, I'm, I'm holding up this one here with, uh, was it the 10 by 10 with all the different goalies on there? Uh, yeah. there seems to be a vintage, um, theme going here and, and that overflows not just into your artwork, but into, you know, life too, you know, you and your girlfriend seem to have an affinity for, all things vintage. I, I know she has the uh, vintage shop in downtown Fargo. Um, right. What is it about that? Uh, I, I don't want to call it a vintage lifestyle, but that affinity for that style and design uh, that, that really grabs you guys. Oh, it's, uh, I, I don't really know. Like, I, I mean, it's just something that you're kind of, uh, I guess, drawn to maybe, but um, yeah, Courtney, my, my girlfriend, it, I should qualify it with, we've been together for like a decade. So really she's, I could probably call her my wife, but legally it's not, not the <laughs> yeah. correct term. Um, yeah. But, you know, we've always liked, uh, like we live in a 1927 house. Um, uh, she, she was probably the one that got me a little bit more into that sort of mid-century style mm -hmm. um, with the clean lines and, and, and different kind of bright, uh, you know, that the whole, whole mid-century palette with kind of the, the pinks and the yellows and the, yep. the um, so she's probably influenced me that way uh, a little bit more than maybe I was before. Um, with the goalies, I think it's just, that's kind of what I grew up with in the, uh, you know, early 80s was when I started yep. playing and, and you see a, you saw a clear change from, you know, early 80s to the early 90s to the 
2000s to now, the gear kind of went through maybe three or four different sort of mini revolutions. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just love that stuff from the 80s and 90s. And uh, it, even now I've started doing some stuff that's a little bit older, maybe in the 70s. Yeah. Um, because that's something that's become more of an interest to me. I don't know if I'd want to own any of that gear from the 70s because I'd probably be tempted to use it and get hurt. Yeah, um, my first association equipment was from the 70s and um, it was heavy and not very protective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember playing with a little bit with that. Um, you know, obviously the pucks were coming too hard at that point, but I, yeah. I can remember just the the two-piece chest protectors. And uh, yeah. I think we even had a set of pads where it didn't have the full outer roll. It had like the the knee rolls that went all the way side to side and then yep. the outer roll started at the, the end of the knee rolls, mm-hmm. like down. <laughs> so the, I mean, those are probably from the late 60s or something. But yeah, you know, I, I look at a guy like Bones, a uh, past guest who um, he he's made a few nice videos where he's wearing the old stuff and I'm going, that would be amazing. But I know he's got some controlled shooters there. So he's not as scared as if it was just a regular beer league game. He was wearing that in. Um, yeah. I've watched some of his uh, YouTubes with that and the, the gear looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you would definitely hurt if you walked out to just like an open skate or even like one of your beer league games and sat there and warm up while somebody's, you know, shooting at you, especially in that he's got a helmet. Is, is it a Yofa? I think. Yep. With like that, that helmet looks great, but it, unless it's been reconditioned on the inside, it would be really scary to, to stand in front of these guys with the, yeah, you know, with their shots. <laughs> I, I had one of those helmets in squirts and even oh, with wow. how weak those shots were at squirt level. It was a little scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played mostly in one of the, the Coopers, the kind of the next generation. Yeah. Um, the helmets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I even used, well, you used one, I think. Yep. So relatively recently, right? Yeah. I wore, uh, well, relatively recently is almost 20 years ago in college. Okay. Uh, <laughs> although I, I did break it out for a game in uh, the Soda Sick Hockey Classic their first year. Uh, maybe that's where i saw it yeah yeah i wore it just for a game though uh because okay um i'm not stupid <laughs> <laughs> i may be a goalie but i'm not stupid um but you know you've got a you have started a little collection of quasi vintage equipment um i i think kids today would consider it vintage but it's it's the equipment from our era you know you We've talked about the Cooper Reactor 5 set. We, we both love that set, but uh, something about Louisville seems to have caught your eye lately. You're, you're working on an exhale set. You're working on an ice cap set. What is it about the Louisville uh, sets that uh, really caught your eye? Uh, well, uh, so growing up, I had, I was, I'm, I'm short, so I'm like Darren Pang size. So growing up, it was fine. one, it was hard to find senior stuff that was your size. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, the senior stuff was more expensive too. And so we didn't have a ton of money as a kid. Um, and so when I was a teenager, I remember I had uh, intermediate pads. Uh, they were brown illusions, similar to like the XLs, but yeah. uh, kind of more, I guess the illusions, I think were more like this, the senior goalie level 
rather than like the Excel was more of like the pro level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a, an intermediate pair of those and I used those growing up all the way up through my first year in college. And the summer between my first and second year, uh, my dad wanted to get me a really good set of pads because he said, you know, you haven't, you've been using these intermediate pads for forever basically Mm -hmm. and you've never had a real good like pro level or you know yeah a good set of pads so and not that the browns weren't a good set of pads they were it's just they were intermediate so yeah um so we went up up to the the level of play you were at exactly yeah and to be honest with you at that point you're starting to get a little bit scared (laughs) so so we went up to winnipeg um and I, I don't remember what store it was at all, but this was in 2000. So, um, of course, I wanted the, at that time, it would have been Bauer reactors. Yep. Um, but we just, we, you know, I mean, we didn't really look up stores because you didn't, even back in 2000, you didn't really do that. You just, well, I'm in Winnipeg. Let's go see what we find. Mm-hmm. So we went into the shop and they happened to have these um, TPS exhales. Uh, and the guy, you know, kind of fitted me for them. And I don't think I even looked at anything else. Um, and uh, I don't know if anybody's used those pads, but they have this and now it's super illegal, but I don't know if, if anyone knows where catchers in baseball have that little pad thing that almost acts as like they sit, they can kind of sit on the pad. Mm-hmm. Um, saver. Yeah. And the, the exhales had, kind of something like that but for a goalies almost it was like this wedge that was i remember that it was on the back of the pad and and i that probably went went away you know a couple of years later maybe but um i love that i think that might have been what sold me on the pads um and i loved how they had the really defined rolls you know underneath mm-hmm. so you had the knee rolls and then you had the rolls on the on the shins that yeah. they don't have anymore uh, but those are just the coolest looking pads uh, and they were so light mm-hmm. uh, compared to the pads back then. So we, we bought those and I used them, you know, that, that next year. And then they really kind of went away. And when I started playing again, I pulled them out and uh, I loved them. And I, you know, I still use them now. I, I've even had a pair of modern pads that I just had to sell because they, they just didn't feel the same and I couldn't play as well with them. So it's something about that, the, they look like pillows and you can't find that anymore. I, yep. It's something aesthetically that gets me there. No, I, I, I get that. And it, I found it interesting when you started onto the ice cap um, set, because that, that was a design that I almost think it was ahead of its time. The, the, the graphics, because it was like, yep. that's a cool graphic, but in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was almost like, you know, it, it didn't fit the the simple look of other pads, but uh, right. I, I look back at it and it's like, yeah, that was kind of a cool pad. Uh, one of my teammates in college had a set of them and I remember looking at them and they're, they're a neat set. Yeah, I, they're really cool. And there's something that, that I kind of missed. I was sort of away from hockey when those came out mm-hmm. and uh, I, I found this pair on sideline swap probably about a year ago. I think it was after the quarantine. So I think I must've been like bored one morning or something. <laughs> and I found this pair that were pretty much in mint condition. 
they're I think they're about an inch too tall for me, but I can work with that. Yeah. Um, so and then they're they're orange and black. And that was my colors in our, our high school is orange and black. So uh, I was like, well, I've got to buy these. So I bought them. <laughs> and then, of course, now I've the other stuff has has kind of come by me looking for the ice cap glove and blocker but not finding it so i bought other stuff instead <laughs> and so that's where some more of that collection has come from recently but yeah um, you got that cool little uh man cave at your basement where you've got some of it displayed with your art it's it's a cool little spot down there yeah it's unfortunately it's not great for cell phone reception um, <laughs> that's all but, right uh, we're, we're making yeah. do yeah um so you've got the ice caps, you got the XL. Uh, what, what's the next set you're you're gonna set your eyes on to add to the collection? Well, uh, probably probably gotta wait a while at the moment here, but um, I I got into a Cujo thing for a bit last year, and I bought mm-hmm. um, some Bauer Supremes. Uh, are they the Supreme Classic Pro? Mm-hmm. Is that was that the actual name of them? They they were after. Are they after the reactors, but before the vapor and the yeah, was, all that stuff. It was almost like I think at first they called it the reactor six, and they renamed it. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, so, but I bought a pair of those last last year, and then I got a glove to match, but I don't have blocker yet. I, I loved his TPS set in Edmonton, where it had the um, the the fangs and stuff on there. It looked like the yeah. dog with it mouth open those are pretty sweet i mean he had the the stair step ones which were all right yep. they, they looked good but that, that one with the fangs it just and with the gold and edmonton that was a sharp looking set yeah i don't recall what what the model name on that was i think this the stair step ones i think were those those were either the flexors or were they the tps gold maybe was the name but yeah he had some fantastic uh mm-hmm. setups and got the thing with the other thing with the tps is those gloves, uh, they are the biggest. I mean, they, they're just massive. They're probably twice the size of a, of a legal glove now. I, I will argue that my Vaughn is still bigger. That's <laughs> well, yeah, I, that Vaughn is pretty big. I, you've got that extra cheater bar piece on the top there, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way Kate Whitmore is signing off on that thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing when I get new stuff, I'm going to let a lot of goals in on my glove side just because i've gotten so used to the size of that thing oh uh, yeah you know it's like you'll I, be I, able to take your new glove and put it inside that oh easily easily yeah um i don't know I, i'm gonna go full custom so I, I might just ask vaughn to make it to those specs who knows <laughs> yeah really you, you don't have any beer league hockey police so i yeah I, no that would be the route i'd go and, and if the off chance I become an e-bug in the NHL, uh, their equipment doesn't have to meet the specs. So I'd be Oh, right. it doesn't? No, oh, I didn't know that. They, they don't have to have Kay Whitmore sign off on it. Because my understanding is they don't anticipate them going into play often. Right. Um, and if they do, hey, they're beer leaguers usually. So let, let's give them a little bit of... <laughs> leeway uh, leeway um we, we don't need to cut down their stuff as, as much as uh we do other guys um yeah <laughs> i guess they want you they want you to be as comfortable as you can possibly be <laughs> yeah because you're gonna have other things on your mind at that point yeah 
<laughs> God, we had a guy, a couple, uh, maybe it was not this past summer, but the summer before show up to a Sunday night, uh, like advanced skate or something that I was at. And uh, he was apparently from Crookston, Minnesota, but he was a second round draft pick like three years ago. And he was playing for the Cleveland monsters. Okay. And uh, I had, I honestly didn't know what his name was uh, because I'm not a, I think he was in the Columbus organization. I think that's where Cleveland is. Um, But (laughs) the guy, the guy was huge first off. uh, And some of the players in this in this pickup game were really good but i mean this guy was just like going a quarter speed and he you know mm-hmm. and just not even trying and it was so easy to, i went up to him and i said if you shoot on me can you please keep it low because i've got a chest <laughs> protector from 1996 and i don't want to get hurt <laughs> so he was really nice he kept he kept the puck low he did he did score on my glove side i think one time where i didn't even move uh but he, I got to give him a lot of credit. He, he stuck, stuck to his word and didn't uh, raise anything really above my shins, which was nice. You know, the, having had the opportunity to skate with some NHLers and minor leaguers, that that's what sets them apart. Is you can tell them shoot here, and they're going to hit that spot nine out of ten times. Right, uh, and their their half speed is so much better than any any beer leaguer uh right i i think the average hockey fan doesn't realize how easy they sometimes make it look out there (laughs) yeah it it really is it's like uh i've always thought with hockey and 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 tennis too uh is that the more proficient you are at the better you are a player it almost looks like you're going slower than everybody else yes I can't explain it, but especially if you're not, if you're like sitting in the stands watching or if you're on TV, like it, it everything is done so smoothly that it, it just looks like you're just going through the motions, but it, but it's not like you're just fantastic at what you're doing. Well, it's interesting you say that. Cause I remember back in college when I was skating six out, you know, nights out of the week and the, you would get into those grooves where it's like, I'm just, it's almost like the game does slow down for you at those yeah. points. And so it does look like they're moving slower almost because it's more fluid. It's not as right. reactionary. It's more, you know, natural to them. Right. That, right. That's really what it is. They're, they're not reacting uh, the way we normally do. It's just, they're anticipating it. Right. You know, so I, I'm looking at time here and I'm trying to be better because the last two, uh, episodes I've had have gone so long I've had to break them up into two parts. So I'm, I'm okay. trying to self-police myself here uh, <laughs> so that I don't have to do that again. Uh, yeah. Because I know we'll probably wind up talking again anyway. So that yeah, that yeah. Too. I I go on about like I don't have anyone to talk to gear with so or talk about <laughs> gear with. So uh, that's partly my fault here. No, that I I'm with you. I, I love talking gear as well and. Um, that, that's one of the nice things about this podcast is I get to talk it on an almost weekly basis. But um, I know you've listened to some of the episodes, so you know what's coming up, the, the list of 10 rapid-fire questions. Yep. Uh, so I'm just going to dive into them. Uh, okay. What's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? Uh, craziest coaching moment? Um, 
Man, that's tough. Uh, well, I, I had a coach in college who just at one point after a couple of really bad losses just said, you like it's all on you guys like this let this next week i'm not showing up for practice oh boy <laughs> so so it was basically like okay well all right uh i guess that got the message across <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of like the uh F it i'm out uh deal it, exactly like you guys figure it out uh you bring a better effort then i'll come back and help you yeah so the the next question is always a fun one what's your favorite all-time goalie mask Favorite all-time goalie mask. Uh, I've got a few, but I like the um, I like the the late '80s and early '90s where this stuff was. You could tell what was on the helmet. Yes. You know, from ten feet away on the TV in a little tiny TV. Yes. Uh, it's got to be it's got to be the Hextall one with the arrows. That's a cool. Do you one. remember that one? Yes. That's yeah. probably my favorite. I, I do really like the um, the one that Vernon had for a couple of years with the flames too, with, with just the really basic flames, yep. but it, it just got the message across. Oh, and yeah. one, <laughs> one other one, uh, the Cujo Oilers one with the uh, like the orange oil or paint. Yeah. Splash. Almost the Ron Tugnut tribute is what I like. Yeah. I, I like those ones a lot too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you talk about the simplicity and there's been a few um, mask artists that I think have started doing something really cool and where they have the simplicity of, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. But when you get up, then there's those hidden Easter eggs, which I think are more for the goalie than they are the fan. And it's just those little tributes that you don't necessarily need to see from your seats. Um Right. That's a good point. That's a yeah, good point. I, I've started seeing a few of those. I'm like, all right, that, that's a really cool take on the simple, clean design, but adding a little bit to it. And I, I think we saw a little bit of that in Marty Brodeur's later masks too, which was kind yep. of to I was see. just going to mention him. Yeah. yeah. He, he and he, he always had those design. little things on the, yep. Yep. And he had the little things on the back plate too, yep. um, where we'd have the, the tributes to his kids, which was something that, most people wouldn't see, but obviously yeah. it meant something to him. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, what's your favorite rink that you've uh, skated at? Ah, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that's impressive, but I don't know if I have one that's. Uh, uh, well, this one might be impressive to people who who are fans of North Dakota hockey. Um, the old Ralph Engelstad Arena mm-hmm. uh, before the the brand new 12,000 seat one. Yeah. Um, they had this old, they call it the Betty now, but I think it's about 5,000 seats. They play women's, uh, women's and men's basketball in there now. Okay. But I got the chance to play uh, when I was just out of high school. I took a year off between high school and college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in Grand Forks and somebody needed a goalie for uh, uh, like an intramural league. Mm-hmm. And so I got to play on the uh, Ralph Engelstad arena where they had uh, Ed Belfour had played and uh, yeah. John Casey and those guys. So that was, yeah. that's probably my most interesting rink. I'll say my brother-in-law was a red shirt there for, I don't know if it was a semester or for a year, but uh, he, he spent a little bit of time up there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So what is your favorite youth hockey memory? Uh, let's see. Um, 
Well, youth hockey. So I, I never won a championship my entire time playing hockey, and except for when I was uh, nine, and we won the Calgary City Championship. And I think it was they had there's so many kids obviously playing at different levels, and I think we were like level six, but we we won the city championship, and I can remember we were playing in like late April or something, <laughs> and uh, and I, I just remember we got a little medal, and that, that was probably my favorite one although i've got some others from high school but that's probably my favorite one that's awesome uh i somehow skipped over one of the questions and it's one i love to ask what is your and i know you're going to have some good answer to this one what's your favorite stick that you've used favorite stick uh well it's got to be either a cooper or bauer reactor probably um yeah that that reactor five as you know is mine yep yeah, and I had uh, I, I kind of went with whatever the store had at that point, but it was like sometimes you get a three, sometimes I get a five, sometimes yep. uh, sometimes I think there was even a four stick. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I probably couldn't tell the difference between any of them, but um, I, my my favorite one was probably uh, I had the Hashik version of the, the Hashik colors of the Bauer Reactor Five. Mm-hmm. And it had three of them. They were white with black uh, Bauer writing, and then they had red outlines. Yes, and they're fantastic. Yep. The bad thing was that I broke all three of them within about two weeks. Oh no! That, and, that, and, they, and then they were gone. I never got them again. Like when um, Belfour was using the Christian Six in Dallas, and he had the eagle at the bottom. Uh, oh yeah. I loved the Belfour pattern, but I couldn't get it at school. Um, we, we had Christians, uh, we had the Toronto pattern, uh, but they had a couple of them in Chicago my parents were coming up. So I told my mom, Hey, can you, you grab me one? Uh, she grabbed, grabbed me three of them. Uh, and I was like, Oh, this is great. I I love the the curve again. Uh, all three of them broke within a month. Uh, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, I know two of them broke within the first week. I I was a little, upset there but um yeah the 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 reactor though I, i'm with you that that was my favorite second what i loved about it was the, the paddle and the way that was it wasn't rounded like most paddles it was yep. flat and to me that just gave me uh, more control of the stick and more control of the rebounds i felt yeah that's true that's true um, and I, I like the they were relatively light too like you mentioned yep. the christian sticks and I, I did use Christian occasionally as kind of like a if I yeah couldn't get a different one, but they, they always just seemed so heavy. Oh, God, that's I think logs. why I like Bauer too. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I loved those Bowers. And they were durable and they had some flex to them if you yep. could play the puck, which I never could, still can't. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, they, they were great sticks. I will beat that drum all day, wishing they would bring them back. Um, you know, so what I know we, even if they just just bring back the the name, just yeah, just, just like just do a, a fake one with the aesthetics, I'd be happy. Yeah, that that would be nice too. Um, so, what is the best chirp you've heard uh, on the ice in the locker room, directed at you, not directed at you? Uh, best one. Mm. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. I should, I should have studied that one up. I should have <laughs> had a memory here. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have, if I have one, 
uh, I mean, playing pickup pick up most of the time, it's just more like guys commenting on, uh, you know, good job getting up off the ice or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you're just happy that they're not, they're it's not, not killing a chirp, themselves. It's the but, truth, right? <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been so long since I played like competitive or even beer league hockey that it's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta take a mulligan on that one. That, that's all right. Uh, or take a rain check. Maybe is a better term. It, it'll you'll, you'll get one now. And, and hopefully <laughs> you, you get to be back on the ice here soon. I, um, you know, that, I'm that, first, so. that first skate I had back this summer when I crossed the river for what I'm calling bootleg hockey, um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize how much I needed it for my, you know, uh, mental well-being. And when I talked to Justin Goldman of the goalie guild, he said the same thing. It just, it felt so good to be back out there. Even right now in Minnesota, where we have to wear a mask and play, there's still a certain sense of normalcy being out there. Right. Uh, even yep. though we can't use locker rooms and all that. So I won't get into that, but it's like at least being on the ice for that hour is like, all right. Um, you know, but ho- hopefully are, are the rinks open by you? Yeah, they're, uh, they're open here. Um, North Dakota's taking kind of a, a hands-off approach, I guess maybe yep. is what I'll say, but, um, well, you guys uh, are socially distanced normally anyway, you know, population oh, yeah. wise. so <laughs> right. there, there's, right. that's part of it. You know, when people look at North Dakota, they're like, Oh, that they're not against it. It's like, well, you got to look at the logistics of it when there's 300 people in a town that's 200 miles wide. Maybe right. you don't have to. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There's not, you're not really crowded together too much, but, yeah. uh, yeah, they, the, the rinks are, well, they were open. I think they are now again, they did close for a little bit, but, mm-hmm. um, they don't, there's no requirement. Like I know in Minnesota, you have to, is like a certain amount of time you can be at the rink and then you yeah. have to wear a mask and all that in North Dakota, minutes, which, okay. For me and the, what is it like? 18 buckles I have on my pads. Like it takes right. 15 minutes just to buckle my pads. And yeah, uh, exactly. a lot of the rinks are giving beer league goalies a little bit of grace. Cause they know we're okay. old and slow, uh, but I was right. at a rink not too long ago where I walked in 17 minutes early. Cause it was like a two minute walk from the parking lot. And the guy's okay. like, can't be in here. You're early. And I looked at the clock. I was like, really, man, you know, and two I, minutes. I, I wasn't going to raise a stink because he's just right. doing his job, following the rules. Yeah. But I was like, Two minutes. I, I just looked at him. I was like, you know, other rinks have had some grace for goalies, and right. uh, I was like, it's two minutes. He's like, we're not other rinks. I was like, uh, I, I, I'm not going to fight it. I, I walked right. out, sat in my car for two minutes, and came back in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, but um, I, I know here when they opened, it was youth hockey is what gobbled up all of that ice. Yeah, yeah. I know my nephews play uh, play high school uh in around oh, cat cat just knocked something over uh around saint cloud and uh yeah they've been kind of off and on and mm-hmm. uh but yeah here here everything's open and i think their high school season went off relatively normally so oh, that's, um but that's good for those kids yeah um, i mean that's got to be a difficult situation but for me for me personally i just uh i'm just waiting hopefully hopefully middle of the summer we'll or, you know, maybe May or whenever, whenever I get the vaccine, then I think I'll probably get back on the ice, but. Yep. Hey, I, I said it when I was skating in Wisconsin, if we can sit in that locker room and put our hands in those gloves and not die, 
you know, one will probably be okay, but two, COVID's probably not going to live on us while we're in the right. room because of what's in our equipment. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Know. Some of these uh, these gloves that I've been buying that are vintage gloves, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had a, I had a teammate in high school. His mom would not let him get in the car for the ride home until he went and washed his hands just because of what our gloves did to him. And he always, she always had yeah. uh, dryer sheets in his hockey bag. You'd have to throw a new dryer sheet into each oh. glove after each each skate. It didn't help. I'm, I'm going to be honest, but she, she just thought, Hey, maybe this will help a little bit. No, it, it didn't. As <laughs> to say, that's a good idea. I used to use like a spray deodorant in the gloves. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work either. It just, it just made the smell goalie funk plus whatever that yeah. other smell was. There was a time. So growing up, we had an unfinished basement, but we had hot water heat. And so we had these hot water peat. Uh, heat pipes running along the ceiling in the basement and when I would come home from practice or a game I would air out my equipment and I would hang it from these hot water pipes which was uh, great when I first started skating because right. it dried out the old 1970s equipment which usually took right. days to dry out yeah. um, it also meant you didn't want to go down into the basement but my mom would go down there to do the laundry and the one day she took lemon Lysol and sprayed it all over my chest protector to get Ooh. rid of the smell, which it, it worked. It got rid of the smell for a little bit. But that first skate, I get off the ice and my whole, you know, arms and trunk are just broke out in a rash. And I was like, oh. what is going on? And so I get out into the lobby. I was like, mom, did you do something to my chest protector? And she's like, yeah, I sprayed it with lemon Lysol. And I just kind of pulled my shirt up a little bit. I was like, please don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. As a kid in the summertime, uh, when it was nice out, I, I would take the equipment and air it out in the garage for one and not in the house. Yeah. Two, you know, when there was going to be a week or so between a skate, then the, the bleach water came out and it, it was a good scrubbing of some of that stuff just to do what we could to minimize the smell. But there, there's nothing to get rid of it. We, we all know no. that. It's, it's a losing battle, but you just, you do it to keep mom happy. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why I keep all my gear in the basement. Now I used to have uh, yeah, I have a little office kind of off of a hallway uh, on the main floor and I had it in there and uh, I liked it in there a lot because it was warmer and it was nicer, yep. but uh, it just stunk up the house too much. So I had to put it in the basement. Yeah. I keep mine in the garage and that locker saw I built. Um, but yeah. when I have a skate like I did during the polar vortex, I'll, I'll pack the bag earlier in the day and bring it and put it in the uh, the mud room over a heating vent just to warm it up so it's not ice cold when I go to put it. Yeah, that's the, not that's the worst. Uh, absolutely, if you ask me a question about what's the worst memory, it would be going to play your second your second game on the same day after your gear has been wet in a car where it's like 10 yep. degrees outside and put yeah. that stuff back on yeah here's a veteran move i've started doing when i play in a weekend tournament or i might have more than one game in a day i keep a little hair dryer in my bag to uh oh. dry at least the gloves and you know the helmet and stuff out um but yeah i remember in college when uh we would have two days over break or something it was like oh this is gonna suck we got wet <laughs> stuff we're just putting on. And that, that's actually where I got the idea for the hairdryer because some of the guys would take their gloves over to the heat gun. Because again, showing my age, when we had two-piece sticks, 
and he had the heat gun to pop out blades. Um, so a couple guys yep. would try and dry their gloves out with the heat gun. And of course there was going to be one or two that would not pay attention and get the heat gun too close and burn up their palms. But <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually just going to mention the heat gun. Yeah. I used to do that too. Or like, uh, kids would forget and they'd like leave the heat gun plugged in and put your bag on top of it or something like yes those things were dangerous mm-hmm. and not to mention the the fact that you're like trying to fry a, a aluminum shaft and yeah. you're you know and you're messing around with the glue and stuff those torch. weird little sticks of glue yeah the blowtorch yeah i remember i had a blowtorch and you know i'm like 10 12 years old and going out into the garage <laughs> to play with the blowtorch and my parents were okay with it. It was like, yep. all right. I, I don't want to say I'm winning at parenting, you know, cause my, I think my parents did a pretty good job, but uh, my kid hasn't played with a blowtorch on his own. either. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's, uh, that was, that was, it was different, a little bit different back yeah, then, but I'm, a little bit I'm happy for the stick, uh, the evolution of sticks uh, for that for that reason anyway i don't know I, I think we should all go back to wooden sticks it uh i just yeah I, there's been some some talk about uh yeah i i like them too it's just they're uh they break <laughs> yeah they're brittle but you know a wooden stick today is a player stick is 30 bucks where a composite yep. over 300 that's true you know yeah. at, at the end of the day you're going to break more sticks but you're going to save more money Right. And you can make furniture out of the broken sticks. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I made coffee tables out of my goalie sticks in college. Um, yeah. So keep moving along with the, the questions. What's the worst post-game beer you've had? Oh, the worst post-game beer. Uh, <laughs> man, really, uh, I don't know if I can name one by name, but anything super dark. Like I'm not a... Um, I mean, if you were to give me like a Guinness or uh, uh God, what's that one? A, a Newcastle, something yep. like that after a hockey game would be horrible. Uh, yeah. I, I'm yeah, give you. me something light. Uh, I, I, I like dark beer, but after a hockey game, but if somebody gave me a Guinness on tap after a game, I might be pretty happy. I, I, I drink it, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it just wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah. Guinness on tap is my all time favorite beer, but yeah, probably not the best one right after a game. Right. Or like from college, I guess, I guess I'd say from, you know, college, probably like Bush light. <laughs> we, we've got uh, a younger kid on our team and he brought beer to the game and he brought Bush light. And we all just kind of looked at him like, you've been on this team how long? And right. this is the beer you bring. Like, have we not taught you anything? Right. It's, it's <laughs> exactly. It's like, if, if you're, if you're yeah. going to a fancy wine party and you're bringing Arbor mist, like yeah. that's the equivalent, but we, we did still drink the beer. Um, the, well, you can't waste he it. He only brought a 12. I don't even think it was a 12 pack. It may have just been a six pack oh. uh, for the team. So the, the, there were a couple <laughs> valuable lessons learned that night. Right. Luckily somebody else also brought beer. Uh, but like, <laughs> we're going to drink all your beer out of principle. So you're not going home with any. You could uh, have a backup. <laughs> yeah. Um, although where you're at, I mean, I don't know how you feel about whiskey, but uh, Belfour's uh, whiskey is available in North Dakota. Um, not here in Minnesota yet, but uh, I'm not a whiskey drinker, but that stuff is pretty darn good. I have to say. Yeah, I'm not really a whiskey drinker either, but uh, I mean, I might be tempted 
tempted to buy it just for the bottle. Yeah, the, the, bottle the bottles are cool. And they, they yeah. had they had a special North Dakota um, blend, but I, I think you said they're sold out, although you oh. might be able to find one of them at the stores by you. It's a, got a green label on it um, instead. Oh. But, uh, after talking to them, they sent their rye whiskey and their bourbon whiskey finish with Texas pecan wood. And um, oh. it's been interesting because me not being the whiskey drinker, I really liked the one with the pecan wood. Yeah. Uh, I felt that one was smoother. Uh, sure. But my friends who tend to like whiskey think the rye whiskey was smoother. I was like, hey, th- I think they're both good. So that that's fine. As did they. It was just <laughs> which one they felt was smoother than the other. Um, right. Maybe it's more like an entry level and like a connoisseur type. Yeah, I I, I don't know, but uh, I I don't think that those two bottles will stay full for too long. <laughs> uh, in fact, we're, we're going to visit my folks over spring break, and my dad was saying, make, "Make sure you bring that stuff with." They said, "I would, Dad, but TSA won't let me bring it on the plane." Uh, oh yeah, you can't fly. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm checking my bag, and I, I'm not going to give that stuff up just because. And the thing is. My sister brought him a bottle of the rye whiskey from Chicago when she drove in. Uh, so he, he's had it. He just wants more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so when, when you take your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Uh, no, this is, this is one when I've, I've listened to the uh, other podcasts. Uh, I, my answer is going to be different. I, I go toe to heel. Is there a reason? Uh I don't know if there necessarily is. It's just the way that I've always Habit. done it. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes that works too. I don't know if other people like I would do. So it, back in the nineties, <laughs> uh, some people would put that little piece of uh, tape along the bottom of the uh, yep. blade. And I would, I would do it mainly because sometimes after a stick, it would get spongy after a while. Yes. That's why we this, started doing it. Yep. And so I would do that and then I'd do it from heel to toe or uh, from toe to heel rather. Um, but then when you do it that way, you got that weird part where it curves and it goes mm-hmm. from the blade to the shaft. And so then, uh, of course, that's the one problem because then you, you layer up like three or four layers on the, on that spot. And then yeah. you're trying to shoot the puck. You can't shoot the puck. Yep. So, so that's the bad part about going heel to, uh, or, toe to heel yeah but i still do it just the way i've always done it i guess yeah i still start out with that thin strip along the bottom uh just out of habit and the other thing too is out of habit i've always used white tape um, yeah yeah you know although recently i got a package in the mail from carter hockey and they sent me black tape i was like all right i guess i'm gonna join the black tape bandits here for a while right see how i look at you know how how i like it and the, the funny thing is i look at my sick and it just it looks so weird uh, with black tape. Um, but it hasn't affected my playing at all, you know, right. But it's just, I, I look at the stick sitting there. I'm like, that, that's not mine. That, that looks weird. It looks weird. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I always like, like, uh, I guess I would, I generally use white tape too, but, uh, I do kind of like the look of, if you've got a stick that's all white mm-hmm. and then you got the black tape on the bottom, I think that looks yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I, I like the, contrast although i typically have lighter color sticks these days like i had i had the white bower and i have the wood grain look warrior and I, I go with the white tape and it just i've gotten used to it although it's fun when i would retape that bower and the whole face of it's puck marked up and you take the tape off and put a new fresh uh 
tape job on there and it just it looks funny where you know the whole paddle is all black marked up and then the, the blade's nice and crisp and white right yeah it does <laughs> it gets kind of like the tan line yes yes uh i don't know I, I find a certain sense of satisfaction in that though but the other <laughs> thing too is because i start at the heel i feel like i have to match up that original tape line every time so that uh-huh. it's not I don't know. It's just the OCD in me, I guess. You've got like a guide to follow then, right? Yes. To, to at least start. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so when you are playing, what's your favorite number to wear? Uh, it's always been 30. Uh, mainly. Be- yeah. Mainly, mainly because of Mike Vernon. Uh, my birthday is also, it's June 30th. So uh, there there's that as well, but mainly 30. I did wear one for a while. Uh there's kind of a, a certain one has a certain appeal because nobody wears it ever anymore. Yeah. And I, I like that too, but, but 30 would be my favorite. Yeah. I've, I've worn one very, very few times. Usually it's a like league given Jersey. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels weird. It feels like there's nothing on my back. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's a single digit or what, yeah. but I, I don't know. I just, I, I haven't, I'm not a huge fan of, the number one for me but i'm with you there there's something about that number for goalies um yeah and you know i i like the 30 because that's when you were born but based on that i should be wearing number 29 all the time instead of 30. oh there you go uh, hey, well 29's vernon too yeah. so well <laughs> I, I i i wear 39 and i share a birthday with dominic Kashik who wore 39 so maybe there's the connection there you go <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't look at the number 39 without thinking Dominic Hashik. It's yeah. just a yeah, association. That, that's a number that uh, I'm surprised more goalies haven't gravitated toward because of him. Instead, you, you see it usually on, you know, skaters instead of goalies. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah, goalies are coming up with a lot of weird numbers now, too. So I, I say weird because that's not yeah, how like it was 19, done when I was young. But... Um, you know, I got... I understood Crawford's 50 because 30 is overused in Chicago. And, yep. uh, you know, some of those I, I get, but um, Carter Hart's, I, I thought the story was he, he had 74 and when he had the option to change, he uh, chose not to because there was some kid or something that bought the Jersey with the, the team issued number. And he's like, well, no, there, there's already a kid out there with that Jersey. So I'll keep it. Uh. So I like think I remember of, seeing that story. Yeah, yeah it's like th- that's kind of a cool reason to keep a non-traditional yep. goalie number. Um, yeah, uh, a little bit of I know about him. He seems like he'll be a good face of the position for a while. Yeah, he really seems like a good a good person from everything that I've that I've read, which mm-hmm. is really nice to hear. So he's he's pretty young too, which is yeah, it's great. Yeah, and he's playing well. Uh, he hasn't fizzled out the way Bennington seems to. And hopefully Bennington will bounce back, but uh, as a Blackhawks fan, I also enjoy seeing the meltdown. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I don't know if I can get into the NHL stuff too much. Uh, I'm, I'm a flames fan, so we're not, we're not doing too well at the moment, but. Yeah. You know, it it is what it is sometimes as a fan. Uh, You could at least say, at least you're not an Oilers fan that keeps getting number one picks and still can't. Yeah. That. That would be super frustrating for me. At least as a Flames fan, I can say the highest pick we've ever had is four. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> right. Uh, so the, the last question here is, what advice do you have for young goalies? 
Ah, young goalies. Uh, I would just say play the position or play hockey. This is for really any anybody in any kid in sports. Play your sport or play your position because you like to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't. Uh, I think a lot of kids get into having pressure from whether it's from parents or from outside sources or just, you know, people in general, uh, you know, if you don't want to play it, don't play it. Yep. Um, if, if you, you play it because you want to, and, and you have fun doing it. And if it stops being fun, then maybe you should readdress or reassess, you know, why you're playing it. Just, just play it for fun. And if you play it for fun, you'll like it the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll be better. I, exactly. And, and you'll, um, it, this maybe comes from my own experience, but, uh, if you can love the sport your whole life, you're going to feel a lot better than if you love the sport for 10 years and then decide you don't like it, but you still mm-hmm. keep playing it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, my, my son's a baseball player and I tell him every year, you know, it's up to you if you want, want us to sign you up. Uh, but the expectation is when I sign you up, you're going to finish the season. Yeah. A commitment to the team outside of that. It's up to you. You know, every time it's time to sign up, you're the one making the choice, not me. Right. Um, then he, he loves baseball the way I love hockey. So I, I, I love signing them up and taking them to the batting cages. And he's got a little bit of that, uh, I, I would say goalie mentality, vintage flair. He's, he only uses wood bats, oh, uh, you know, okay. which I like because they're a heck of a lot cheaper, but it's like, well, do you, want, do you want a metal bat? No, I, I like the feel of the wood bat better. I was like, oh. all right, cool. And then he, he goes with the high pants and the striped stirrups, you know, okay. he, doesn't just, he doesn't just go with the uh, single color socks. He, he has to have the white sanitary socks and he's got to have the stirrups. And he really likes when he gets them with the striped, you know, colored team colored stripes, yep. not just a yep. solid color. It's like, all right, kids got some style. If you were to play <laughs> hockey, you'd be a goalie. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, I got to ask you as a baseball, as a baseball guy from being from Chicago, who, who did you root for? Were you a Cubs guy or a White Sox guy? I grew up on the South side, like in the North side team. Uh, okay. And, and everybody asks, how, how does that happen? You know, how do you grow up not like in the White Sox? And I said, it was simple. As a kid in the 80s, the Cubs played all their home games at, what was it, 12.05 every yep. day on WGN. And they had Harry Carey and Ryan Sandberg and Mark Grace. You know, how, how do you not fall in love with that? On top of yeah, that, that's... the White Sox played their home games mostly at night after I had a bedtime and on cable, of which yep. we didn't have. So I just didn't see White Sox games. Uh, so it, it was really um, those two factors that brought me up as a Cubs fan. Now that there was a time there where we finally did get cable and the White Sox were doing good where, you know, it's like Frank Thomas is kind of fun to watch. Robin Ventura is kind of fun to watch, but I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, you there, can't, you can't switch once you've made your choice. <laughs> no, there, there, there was a period there where it was like, okay, I appreciate the White Sox. You know, I, I would, I went to a ton of White Sox games growing up because of friends and everybody's always uh-huh. giving White Sox tickets away. Um, but uh, I'm a Cub fan. In fact, in 2005, when the White Sox were in the World Series, I was openly cheering for the Houston Astros. 
And it's <laughs> also why in 2016, I had a lot of respect for my childhood friends and classmates who openly cheered for the Cleveland Indians. Um, there were a lot of those same people that said they were lifelong Cub fans. And I'm going, uh -oh. um, we went to the same grade school and I was one of two Cub fans in the class. So <laughs> were you, are yeah. you a lifelong Cub fan or were you lying to me back when we were 10? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I have yeah, no there's, problem there's with the definitely, uh... fans, but uh, <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. Great. You know, but yeah, yeah. no, that's just, uh, Cubs, Cubs, White Sox is, uh, that's pretty vicious. Yeah. For those that stand by their, their guard, it's very much a Hatfield McCoy type situation where, um, I will say at least the Cubs will root against the White Sox, but they won't let it affect their day. But it feels like White Sox fans find more joy bringing down the Cubs and the Cubs losing than they do the White Sox winning and cheering on their own team. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's, there's a different mentality there. Um, but it, yeah. th there's also a different dynamic in the team's fan base too. And that the North side team, you know, the fans in general take the bleacher bums out of it. Uh, the fans in general are known to be kind of the yuppies and, you know, yeah. uh, not as passionate about the game. Whereas I would say the bleacher bums are very much like White Sox fans where they're the blue collar folks that, you know, working every day. The, the game is their escape from their nine to five. Uh, right. so th they get uh, a little more connected to it. Um, right. Right. I, yeah. We, uh, yeah. My, my, with my dad being from there, we're, uh, we're White Sox fans, but That's we've got some Cubs fans in his family too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my son and his Boy Scout troop, there's a, uh, another dad who his parents grew up on the South side. So the whole family's White Sox fans and uh, we go back and forth all the time, uh, but, but it's good natured. Um, yeah. You know, which is okay. So as we close out here, where can folks find you on social media or your website so that a, they, they can follow you and B they can purchase some of the awesome artwork, the pins, the, the coasters, stickers, all that great stuff you have on your website. Sure. Uh, so on a, a couple things. So on Instagram, it's at Bonejack Designs. Mm -hmm. um, face, Facebook is the same uh, at Bonejack Designs. Uh, I don't do as much with the Facebook, I, I got to say, but mainly Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I do have a website, which is www.bonejackdesigns.com. Um, and then I do have some stuff on Society6, which is like, a, I don't know if you call it like a clearinghouse site where you can mm -hmm. just get stuff printed up but uh, a lot of different designs on products and things on there as well which is uh so it's society six and then slash bone jack designs and and i'll make sure to put uh links to all of those in the show notes as well so people don't have right. to remember that um thank you Ch charles it's been fun chatting with you again um I know you and I can go on for quite a long time. Um, yeah. If I didn't have to pick my girlfriend up from work here, I'd probably talk for another two hours. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you hopping on with me and uh, we're going to have, we're, I'm not going to say going to have to, cause I know we're going to, we're going to keep in touch. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Joe. I, I had a lot of fun. And uh, again, thanks for the invites and uh, always uh, appreciative and uh, you know, fun to talk uh, hockey and, and life. So thank you. 
It's always fun to connect with Charles and talk hockey with him. I know one day we'll be in the same city and actually get to meet in person. If you haven't already followed Charles to see his amazing artwork, do so now. You can find him on Instagram and Facebook at BoneJackDesigns, all one word. Or you can visit his website, BoneJackDesigns.com, and order some of his art from Society6 by searching BoneJackDesigns in their search bar. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Washed Up Goalie, and I'll pop up. Visit WashedUpGoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights when I get a chance to skate these days, and of course, all podcast episodes. And don't forget, you can find some of Charles's line art uh, goalie drawings so you can color them yourselves. My daughter had me print a few of them up for a recent flight to North Carolina so she could keep herself busy on the plane ride. If you want some wash up goalie or tendy talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the shop link on my website. Like this podcast? Give the BLPA Big Show a listen. The BLPA Big Show is part of the BLPA Podcast Network. That is a couple of beer league players chatting about beer league exploits and at times hot topics in the world of hockey. Hosted by Nick Jones and Trish Dangles. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. Well, Dave, the pond? Yeah. It's frozen.